rivers of living water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you with us again this morning. Appreciate you joining us, and we have a good thing for you this morning. We're going to talk about uh, putting our whole trust in in God. There's so many things going on today, so many things we need or we think we need, and, and uh, so we run around and we try to get these things, and uh, we don't get what we want, and we get frustrated, and we get mad, and all kinds of things like that that uh, raise up our blood pressure, and and cause all kinds of diseases, and you, you know what I'm talking about. So what we want to talk about today is just being willing to say whatever God has for my life, that, that will be fine. And, and uh, we know that we have a Heavenly Father that is interested in every one of our needs, and we're going to find that as we go through these Bible verses today, we're going to see just how important it is and just how to do uh, this thing of just putting our total trust in the Lord for not only the things that we would want, but also the things that we need as human beings, as as uh, people living in um, America or wherever else we may be today. There are certain basic needs that we have. But uh, if we just get all frustrated and get our minds on all of that, and uh, we, you know, our economy isn't so good here in America, and we could get our ourselves all frustrated about that and wonder how we're going to get our bills paid and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. And a lot of things, if we try to do it just in our own strength with the resources we've got, we'll just get more and more frustrated. And so let's go through these Bible verses. You know, we've been uh, studying the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a sermon that Jesus preached. Jesus went about uh, healing people, but he also went preaching to people and showing them the way of the kingdom of God. And this is what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount which is Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. So today we're continuing in chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 19. And in verse 19 it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I trust you have a Bible today and will follow through in these scriptures. But you see, he says, don't lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. I mean, treasures upon the earth. He wants us to lay treasures up in heaven, but not upon the earth. And why is that? Well, they come and go. And there's none of this that we can take with us. We might have a nice home. We might have a nice car. We may have a lot of land and a lot of friends. And the list goes on, doesn't it? But if we just seek after those all the time, then... Our friends can turn on us. Our finances can go sour. We can lose everything we have. We can go bankrupt and so on and so forth. And so in this world, there's nothing that really is, is too, uh, much that we can't lose. And it can grow old. You know, we can just, uh, work really hard to get something. And after we've had it for two or three weeks, it grows old and 
we're not all that interested in that anymore. So we go looking for something else and we, we keep doing that. And, and if we're just doing it on a human level, on a naturalistic level, then we're going to be confused quite often. We're going to be frustrated quite often. We're going to think, well, I don't have my share of it. My neighbor does, and we'll start envying our neighbor because they've got more than what we have. Then we'll try to, uh, what we used to say, keep up with the Joneses. And what happens? We, we never quite keep up because the Joneses see you and they want to keep up with you. And it goes back and forth like that. And it just doesn't work. And that's what Jesus is saying. If we just are seeking treasures on this earth, they just fall apart one way or another. There's always someone out there, you know, that that wants what you have, and they might take it at the point of a gun or whatever. And so, but he says something that's very important. He says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where we treasure things in heaven, like uh, trusting God and and helping others to get to the Lord and and doing things for other people and and these kind of things that we lay up our treasures in heaven. You know, last week we talked about prayer and and uh, giving things to people and and uh, fasting and we. Uh, these are some of the things we're talking about, that if we lay up for those kind of things in heaven, rather than looking around at the things of earth, then we'll find ourselves much better off because we won't be all frustrated with things that we can't keep anyhow. So he says, lay up for yourself these treasures in heaven. Moth and rust will not corrupt those. Thieves can't break through and steal. If we have our heart and life trained upon the Lord. And the Bible tells us that we should think on the good things, the pure things, the things that are holy, the things that are, are right, you know. If we think on those things, we'll have this perfect peace that the Lord wants us. If we keep our minds stayed upon the Lord, then we'll have a perfect peace. We won't worry about the things around us. We won't worry about where the Joneses have got better. The, the Joneses get sick just like we do. So we can go over and help them when they have their needs. And houses and lands and all of that will not satisfy the deep longing of our hearts. There will always be something that we'll realize is missing. And the more we get of, of the things that we might think are important, like cars and stuff like that, the more empty we become realizing that there must be something else in life. Because, like I said, these things grow old and and uh, we lose interest in those. We want something else. So uh, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So have your heart stayed on the things of the Lord and you won't be all frustrated about the things that you can't have down here. And uh, then the next thing he says is, is uh in verse 22 of this sixth chapter, he says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. And so what's he talking about, a single eye? Is he talking about an eye in the middle of our head or something like that? We only have one eye? No, he's not talking about that. He's he's talking about keeping yourself focused on what is really important in life. So he says if we have a, a single eye, we we have purpose. If we take that purpose to be serving God and loving him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. If we have that kind of purpose, and that's a single purpose that we have, then we'll, we'll be full of light. We'll, we'll not be uh, frustrated about this, that, and the other. If we, have, we need to have a goal. We need to have a purpose. 
we need to be looking toward something that is bigger than ourselves. And that something happens to be someone. If we look to God for things, then we won't have all this frustration and all these dark things happening in our lives. So that's what he's talking about here. He says if your your by your eye is evil, if you're looking in all kinds of different directions for this thing that's going to satisfy you, that thing is going to satisfy you. Maybe if I have more of this, maybe if I have less of that, and on and on. If we do things like that, then it's going to be a hard trip for sure. But if we'll just let go and let God have his way with this, which I've said many times on these programs, then we'll find that the light will break through. God wants us to be children of light. He wants us to have a purpose. He wants us to have love and joy and peace, which are the fruit of the Spirit, which we refer to as the rivers of living water. And if we have these in our life, if we have God in our life, if we let the Holy Spirit have control of it, and that's our single thing that we're going to do, then that is going to give us uh, purpose. It's going to give us peace. It's going to give us all these things that we've been referring to and telling you about. So we need to do that. We we can't have everything, so why want everything? Uh, just have the best thing God has to offer you, and you'll find out you'll be having a lot more peace and and a lot more contentment in your life and and people will see that and you'll be able to help a lot of people that way as as well. So it's it's a wonderful thing that we have that God has given us that we are able to do these things through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in our own strength there's a lot of things we can't do. We got to realize how weak we are. But if we're just Commit everything to God, including our lives, and and let the Lord come in and forgive us of our sins and, and transform our lives. Then we'll find out that life is indeed a, a, a joyful experience that we can go with, with uh, not with all these things that so many people have because they're seeking happiness in the wrong place. And really what we ought to be seeking is the joy of the Lord. That's our strength. We ought to be seeking the peace that Jesus gives that the world can't give and it can't take away. These are the kind of things, if we seek those things, then we'll find out that life is is a lot better for us than what it is now. And it seems kind of simple, doesn't it? You know, people think... Well, you don't know what kind of a mess my life is. If you knew how, what a mess that was, my life is, you'd know a simple thing like that wouldn't take care of it. Well, I want you to know that it will. A simple thing will take care of your life if you're willing to go that way. We're on our first break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright. You're listening to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Thanks for staying with us, and I trust that uh, you'll realize that there's a simple way in life to live that doesn't make you simple. It it really enriches your life. It, it really gets you to focus in an area that will make it easier for you to live through life. And as I'm talking, I know that I don't know some of the things that you people are going through. And um, you might say, well, if he knew what I was going through, he would know that it's going to take more than that. But, you know, the, the thing is that God does more than that, that God knows your every need. He knows where your frustrations are. He knows where you're at. He knows 
maybe today you're in a place where you don't have water, where that uh, it's pretty cold there, the, the electricity's gone out, I believe in part of the country, and uh, all kinds of things are happening. Maybe you're sick, maybe you're in a hospital, or you've been in the hospital, or maybe you think you're going to go there, maybe you do have to go there. You see, all these things in life can be uh, really grinding on us, and and just trusting the Lord may not take care of all of them, but it'll get you on the right track, and it'll make life a lot easier for you. In the midst of all these things, in in the midst of a broken up home, in the midst of a of a family relationship that's gone sour with your children, or or the husband run away and got some other man, woman, or uh, vice versa, you know it. And all these things are are very difficult and. And I would uh, be unjust to you to tell you that all your problems are going to go away when you when you put your trust completely in the Lord, because it just doesn't work that way. As a matter of fact, the truth of the matter is you may have more problems come upon you because there is a real devil out there that, that's going to do everything he can to frustrate you any way he can. And that's the more reason why that you need to keep yourself close to God and let him take you through some of these difficulties and realize that these are not forever. You may go for years and maybe most of your life in uh, on the wrong side of the fence or the wrong side of the track, but in God's way of looking at it, there isn't any wrong side of the track. There isn't any wrong side of the fence. We're all people in God's sight, and God loves us and has a wonderful plan for our lives if we'll just let him take over our lives. And everything is easier when we have we know that we have a Heavenly Father that's taking care of us. So get your eyes off of the problems that you're having. Get your eyes on Jesus, and you'll find out that it will go lot much easier for you than if you don't. So the next thing that we have in this sermon that Jesus preached is in verse 24. He said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, and the word is mammon, but it really means worldly riches. So things that we might strive for all of our lives, they turn out that they're not what we thought they would be. We see these people around us, they don't seem to have any problems. They, they Everything seems to go all right for them. And we think, well, that's because they've got a different master than what I've got. And so we go out and try to serve the other one, and we find out that when we're doing that, we can't be a, a Christian if we're running after all the things of the world. And the Bible tells us that if a person is a friend of the world, he's an enemy of God. So um, if all we're doing is just trying to seek out more riches, more property, uh, maybe even a better relationship and things like this, we're trying to serve two masters. Uh, we want to be a Christian, too. And so we we try to serve the Lord. And and then when going things don't go exactly like they should, uh, we think maybe we can go over on the other side and we can we can uh, do that for a while. So uh, when going gets rough, some people end up to the in the tavern and and things like that, or they go out to the happy time and a happy time seems to, it's not a happy time after all. And so we try to be a Christian on one side and try to uh, have what we would consider the best of both lives and. 
it just doesn't work that way. We've either got to decide to serve God or or serve the other side. And and but if we serve the Lord and we love Him, then we'll find out that really that is indeed the best way, because God is not setting up there somewhere and letting the world go by and and uh, some way it doesn't make any difference. Uh, we talk about, well, God, if you're such a good God, why all the this, that, and the other in the world? And uh, we can get frustrated on that as much as we want, but the truth of the matter is, whom are we serving? This is not a, a question that, has just came up or something that I dreamed up. This question has been going on ever since the beginning of time. And beyond that, whom are we going to serve? Now back there, uh, the Lord only knows when the, the devil decided that he was going to serve himself and he was going to be God and he was going to go up in heaven and he was going to take God's place. And, and so what happened? He, took a third of the angels with him, and they were thrown out of heaven. And so he decided he wasn't going to serve God. And look at the mess we have today, because we do have a real devil that's out there causing nothing but difficulty. Some people are possessed with the devil. Some people are oppressed to the devil. And anyone that's oppressed with the devil will be oppressed as well. And so we have this demonic activity that's going on and fighting and warring against everything that's good and godly and holy and right. And so that was because someone decided, some angel up there that was called Lucifer decided that he was going to be God. And look what happened. And then he comes down and and he's talking to Eve and gets Eve to disobey God and not serve God. And so what happened then? She goes over and, and she says, look, God said that we would die, but I'm still alive. So there must be something to what this beautiful creature was telling me. Uh, we're not going to die. Let's try this out. It tastes really good. And on and on she went and, and talked Adam into it and, then what happened? Sin came into the world, and the only remedy for that was for Jesus to come and die on an old rugged cross and raise from the dead after three days and go up and intercede for us. And all the, look at all those animals that died in between that time. And aren't you glad today you don't have to go out and take an animal to church and, and have it slaughtered? But it was because Adam and Eve decided they wasn't going to serve God. They were going to serve this other. They didn't realize it was the devil that had been thrown out of heaven earlier. And so then we see many situations down through our history where people who serve God are very useful in this world, and those that aren't can even be tyrants. And we see that right down to the present day. So um, this is up to date. It's just as good today as it's ever been. It's just as much relevant today as it's ever been. And there are many people today that even want to say there isn't any God. And so I, there's only one that can save us and we can save ourselves. They said that way back there. And look what a mess we've got because we decided we wouldn't serve God. We'd take Bible and reading and prayer out of our schools and, and we don't want the Ten Commandments there because the students may do what it says and on and on it goes. And we've tried to purge God out of everything in our society. I don't know how if, if you're somewhere else, I don't know what's going on over in yours. Uh, well, I do know some of the things that are happening because this. This world is in such a way that we can know some things that are happening in other parts of the world. But any time we decide to serve someone or something other than God, we always end up a mess. 
Because the best way we can ever be is to love and serve God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Give him everything because he is wanting to be and he will be our good shepherd that takes care of us. He will graft us into his vine and we will receive of his life and of his grace and strength and everything else that we need if we're willing to let him do so. But we can't serve both of them because we either love one or we'll hate the one. And if you love the one, you'll hate the other one. And and why is it there's such hatred? Because for God these days, and and they don't want us to pray in Jesus' name in public places and things like that because they hate God. It isn't they hate us. They don't know us well enough to hate us. So they hate God. And that is really what it amounts to because they don't want to serve him. They don't want to love him. They don't want him to be their master. They want to be their own master. And you can't be. You're either, it's either that, that uh, the devil's your master or God is your master. There's nothing in between that. And the devil can make you think that you're, you're doing it your way and and your way is the best way and on and on, but it doesn't work that way at all. I've been around long enough to know what I'm talking about and seeing it. We're at our second break, and I'm Howard Eugene Wright, hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're talking about today just exactly what we have to do in order to get our life squared away with God in such a way that we can relax in Him and enjoy life. So many people are not enjoying life. They're just enduring it. They're just, uh, some are, are kind of saying, stop this train and let me get off. And it works that way when we try to do things our own way or we try to do them the devil's way, which is even worse. Because the devil is our enemy. He's not our friend in any sense of the word. And people who are being tyrants that are uh, trying to run your life, uh, they're not uh, on your side either. They've got an agenda, and they're going to do it whether you like it or not. And we have a lot of that. And uh, you might say, <clears throat> I can't do anything about that, so why worry about it? And I'll say the same thing. You can't do anything about that. Why worry about it? And and yet you say, well, it's it's with me all the time. Well, we have choices, and we can make the right choices, or we can make the wrong choices. Now, choices have consequences, and we have to worry out and to ask ourselves, am I willing to face this consequence for my choice? Is it worth it? And God has given us a mind to use, and we can weigh these things out. And we can ask ourselves another thing. How long is this going to satisfy me? So many times what we do, we just, we want it now. We want peace now. We want happiness now. We want this now. We don't want to wait for it. And we've waited for it long enough. And I know how it is. I've been there. I've done that. It's easy to do. It's it's uh, a lot easier to do than just sitting back and saying, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Uh, whenever you want to, go ahead. But it's a lot easier when we do it that way. Now, Jesus even gets closer to us. He starts in verse 25, and he says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought. For your life, what you shall eat, 
what you shall drink, and yet for your body, what you shall put on. And then he says, is not life more than meat or food? And isn't your body more than clothing? Uh, it doesn't make any difference what kind of clothes you have. Some people wear some kind, depending on what kind of culture you're in, and some wear others, and there are a few that don't wear hardly any. And uh, it says that your body is more than just your food and more than your uh, clothing and and more than what you put on and, and things like this. And we can spend all of our time trying to worry about, well, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What what am I going to be clothed with? Uh, when will I ever be in a warm place? But you know there are people that are living in the world that are a lot worse off than than I am. I'm not the richest person in the world by any means, but a lot of people in the world would think that I am. And But you know, uh, those things are not the things that really satisfy us. Knowing the Lord in all of His glory and power and having the Lord close to us and knowing that He's just a prayer away is so much higher than just living like an animal. Animals look for food and all this kind of thing, and Jesus brings us out. He says the fowl of the air are the birds. He said they're, they're looking for, they're not all that concerned about. He says they don't sow. In other words, they don't have farms, and they don't reap. They don't have harvesting, and they don't gather in barns, and he says, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, aren't you much better than the birds? Aren't you much better than the file? And uh, and then he says, uh, which of you can take thought, uh, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to your statue or to your hive? You can't do an awful lot about it, in other words. And he says, and why are you taking thought for clothing and uh, consider the lilies? This is a little plant, you know, the lily of the valley. It's just a little flower. And he says, uh, lilies of the field. So they had a lot of them there. And he said, uh, they grow and they don't toil and they don't spin. In other words, they don't have to make their clothing. And he says, and yet I say to you, that even Sodom, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now Solomon, in his glory, if you go back to the Old Testament and, and you see what a kingdom Solomon had, there was none like that in Israel before or since Solomon. It was something else. And uh, he had an awful lot of wives and, and what they call contrabines, so he had about a thousand of them. And, and uh, yet, you read the book of Ecclesiastes, and you see how frustrated Solomon really is. I challenge you to read it sometime. Now, this was written by Solomon, and yet he says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And so in, in all the glory of Solomon, there was something that he knew was beyond that. Now, he was living in Israel. He knew what that was. And God talked to him on occasions and said, Solomon, you're getting too much into this. You you need to not do this. And back in Deuteronomy, it talks about that a king shouldn't be doing a lot of things that Solomon did. And he got himself in real trouble. As a matter of fact, his kingdom was divided after that. So as much as Solomon had a all these things that any king would want to have or anyone would want to have, yet he lost the kingdom. And so uh, what did he really gain? And I'm sure that Solomon probably got right with the Lord and and uh, he's probably in heaven today. But look what he lost. There's a lot of people who have sought after a lot of things in this world and 
Maybe they've gotten to the Lord in their later years, but look at all they lost. And is it really worth it to strive for things that God wants you to have and he knows you need anyhow? And if you just relax in him, he'll take care of you. And he'll make sure that you get what you need. And so there's quite a dissertation that Jesus gives in these verses telling us that we need to be in in an attitude and such a way that we don't worry about all these things. There's plenty of reason for some people to worry about it. And in a world that we're living in, a, a materialistic type world, you need money in order to get it, and I know that. And you need you need certain things. You need food, and you need clothing. Uh, you need things like this. You need you need some drinking water, and a lot of the drinking water today is not pure drinking water. And uh, I've learned to that uh, if you put chlorophyll in water, it poisons the water, and it causes some physical problems to us. And and you don't hear that everywhere, but it's the truth. And and you can find it on the Internet. Just check it out, and you'll f- find out that there's a lot of things in our foods that are causing cancer and everything else. And uh, so maybe our concern today is is having clean water, having pure food, and we have to go to organic food in order to do that, and distilled water, perhaps, in order to get the water that we need, and and that costs money. And so we we find ourselves in, in that kind of predicament. But the Lord said, don't worry about that. He'll take care of all of that. And he most certainly is taking care of it for my wife and myself, and and uh, it can be done, and and we're doing it. And here I am, seventy-six, and I'm not feeling seventy-six. And people don't have to degenerate when they get older. I found that out as well. But he says, don't worry about these things. He said, uh, you can't add a cubit to your statue now. Uh, a cubit was about eighteen inches and your stature was your height. And he says, you can't put uh, eight, a foot and a half on your life. The truth of the matter is we can't put an inch. Our genetics pretty well determines what height we're going to be. We know that. They didn't know that back there, perhaps, but we do today. And so why worry about how we were born? Some people, you know, I, I wished I was six feet tall. And... Some people, I'm, look at me, I'm just a runt, and on and on they go. But God can take the most unassuming person, and when they're given over completely to the Lord, can be a great blessing to people. Do you know that, that Paul, the apostle in the Bible, was probably less than five feet tall, that he was a very small person. And we can find that uh, in different places in the Bible. Like, for example, they lowered him down over a wall one time because he was in danger and in a basket. And it didn't take a very big basket to lower him down. And so we, we know that, and look what Paul did, because he gave himself completely to the Lord. As a matter of fact, the only person that I can remember uh, thinking about in the Bible that talks about a person's height is, well, a couple of them, really. One of them was Goliath, and he was uh, somewhat like 13 feet tall. And then we have uh, another one that was talked about was Saul of, of Kish. There's two Sauls in the Bible, and this one is in the Old Testament. This Saul is the first king of Israel. And he was head and shoulders above everyone else. So he was a tall person. But uh, for the most part, it's not all that important whether we're short, tall, fat, skinny, whatever. 
It's what we're doing with our time and our energy that God has given us. He's given us a certain time, there, and everything is beautiful in its time. The Bible tells us that. And so uh, we're at our next break, and I trust that what we're saying to you will be a help to you and an encouragement to know that that you can live a simple life. So I'm Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkStone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. There's so many things that we seek after, and we spend our whole life trying to do it, do what we want to do. And many times we get what we want, and then we wish, why did we ever seek so much time, spend so much time seeking after this. It looked good, and a lot of things look good in life, that really when we come down to getting it, it really isn't all that good after all. And we can get our minds distracted on these things, and and uh, there are ways of diverting from this. I'm not being disappointed. There's so many older people in life that they're so begruntled, they're they're so uh frustrated and confused. They they haven't lived for the Lord and and they haven't sought after the Lord and and so you you go to the nursing home and you see some of these people are just bubbling over and maybe they're in their nineties or whatever and they're just uh, really rejoicing and, and really enjoying life yet. And then you see some others that nothing is right. Every The world stinks. And, you know, and, and uh, then you kind of check up on it. And you see, well, uh, tell me, uh, are you a Christian for maybe? Or, or uh, what did you do with your life? And. And, uh, you know, some of them are quite well off as far as the world's concerned, but there's still, uh, life gave them a bad deal. Well, they had their houses and lands and everything else, but so what happened? They sought after the wrong things. So Jesus is really telling us how to divert from a lot of these things, how not to have to go through these. So Jesus really loves us. And when he preached this Sermon on the Mount, it wasn't to make us feel bad. It wasn't to to limit what we can do. He was just trying to keep, he was trying to keep us away from the pitfalls. He was trying to tell us how to live the most happy life that anyone could live. He wants the best for us. And if we have the best, we've got to take the best. And the best way is always God's way, because God is not holding things back from us that would do us good. He wants to open up his hand and and bless us wonderfully. He wants to give us the good things in life. But what we seek after as maybe the good things in life aren't all that good after all. Because like we said at the beginning, if we seek after those things where moth and rust does corrupt and thieves break through and steal, what have we really got when we finally get it? And so he, he says here in the rest of these verses, he kind of explains to us that, you know, Solomon, in all of his glory, he still had... Uh, problems which I told you about. And then he says, if, if God so clothes the grass and of the field and, and, uh, things like this, then what are you worrying about? He says, oh, you have little faith. And that's what it really amounts to is where is our faith at? Are we 
really believing that God will take care of us. Now, he won't always do it the way that we think. And thank God that he doesn't. I've looked back over my life, and I've thought, boy, it would really be nice if I had that. But then years later, I I jump up and down for joy because God didn't give me the thing that I really thought I needed when I really realized what a mess it would have been if I got that. God's not going to give you uh, a snake for a loaf of bread. He's going to give you exactly what you need. And so we we see here that all the people that are not serving God, and they call them Gentiles here in verse 32, he said that's what other people are seeking after. But your Heavenly Father knows the things that you have need of. Sometimes we don't know what we really need, but God knows what we need. And some of us may need one thing, someone else may need something else. And we're all individuals, we're in different stations, we're different ages, we're in different environments, we're, we're have, we have all these different things that we're in, and for what may be good for one of us may not be so good for the other. So for us to envy the neighbor, that might be fine for him, and uh, that's wonderful that they have it, but if we think, well, he's got all everything and I don't have anything, and we take attitudes like that, and we get the government behind us trying to make sure that, that we have uh, what our neighbor has, so the, na- the government takes from our neighbor and gives it to us, and we have plenty of that today, and that never has worked. And so there are people in this world that, that want to take from the rich and give to the poor. They want to be a Robin Hood, so to speak, if you know the story about Robin Hood. But we need to take personal responsibilities for ourselves. And uh, down in verse 33 is really the key to the whole thing. And it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You notice they're things. That's all they are is things. And people are seeking after things. If you seek after things, you're seeking after something that just lasts for a while and it doesn't really satisfy. He said, uh, God knows that you have certain things. He knows you need food. He knows you need clothing. He knows that you need fresh water to drink that we were talking about. And another thing, while I'm thinking about it and getting through this, is that we might blame God for a lot of things. And we might say, well, if God loves me, why am I so sick? Or or why is everything falling apart around me? And, and uh, again, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. But I've also found out that seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and just letting God give what he knows we need and the Lord says that those that delight themselves in him, that he'll give them the desires of their heart. And there's a, a wealth of things that, that God says uh, that if we seek, we'll find. If we knock, it'll be open to us. And and if we, we're we looking for it, uh, God is good, and he'll, he'll give us a lot of the things, even things that we really don't need. But he'll he just... Uh, the more we seek after God and his righteousness. And don't do it, do it. Don't do it just because you think, well, if I do that, God's going to give me all these things. No, don't do it for that reason. Do it because you lo- you genuinely love God. You genuinely love people. You're willing to have faith in God that God will take care of you. We have a little song. Be not discouraged. God will take care of you. And uh, you won't find that in the world. The songs of the world, are, they're usually kind of morbid. morbid. They've, they've lost something or they haven't found something they want. But the songs of heaven is love, joy, peace, and all the good things that I'm telling you about. So seek first. Let that be your first thing. Let everything else uh, take second place. Seek first the kingdom of God. And how do you do that? You you ask God 
first of all, to forgive you of your sins, which I told you earlier. Ask God to uh, take sin out of your life. Now, what is sin? Sin is anything that takes you farther away from God. It's anything that is going contrary to God. It's selfishness. It's pride. It's it's all these things that would uh, get you farther away from God, would get your mind on something else rather than God. That That's what I'm talking about. Forsake all of those. And then ask God to forgive you, and he will. And then uh, from that time, just trust him completely for everything. And that's really what it's talking about. Seeking first the kingdom of God is seeking God's will, seeking what God wants, and his righteousness, his way of life. There's a lifestyle that Christians live that are not being lived by anyone else. As a matter of fact, they can't be lived by anyone else. So if we'll do that, God knows the things that we have need of, and he says all these things shall be added to you if you seek first the kingdom of God. So he says in the last part here, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. A lot of times we get ourselves in trouble when we're not just living day by day and trusting the Lord and being thankful for what he does for us for that day. But we're looking at a week ahead of time. We're looking at a month ahead of time, a year ahead of time. And we're worrying about all of that. And we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring anyhow. So why do we worry about it? I don't know. You know uh, why you might be worrying. But if if you would just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let all these things be added to us according to God's will and God's way, we'll find that life is a lot easier to live. This is what Jesus is talking about in this. So we're we're at the end of our program today, and I'm going to have to sign off. So my name is Howard Eugene Wright. I've been hosting Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. <laughs> 